Welcome to Grace in the Shadows with Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Good to be here today. Good What's to our be topic here with today? you. What is our topic today? Oh, our topic today is dysfunctional families. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the neat thing is, is really, there's no such thing as a functional family. That is true. I don't think I've ever really known a truly functional family that had no problems. So, so when you guys are listening out there, think, oh, is he talking about me? Uh, yes. Yes, I am talking <laughs> about you. And I'm talking about all families. Even and us. Our own. Yes. Even our own. yes. Uh, just function comes from Genesis chapter 3. And it's amazing how everything goes back to Genesis. Yeah, our last one we talked about Genesis, mm -hmm. it came from Genesis. So yeah, it all goes back to the beginning because what does Genesis mean? Uh, beginnings. All right. Yeah. Very good. And so as we are here, uh, God made the family, all in the family. Yes, he did. Uh, husband, wife, children. And, and so after Genesis 3, literally all hell broke loose. True, true. And when we look at the family structure, we're all dysfunctional to one degree or another, some more than others. And when we go here, it's interesting how subconsciously the family takes on roles to uh, kind of survive. Okay, what do you mean by that? What kind of roles do they take on? Well, there's many, but I'm only going to give a handful today. Okay. Uh, the first one's the hero. All right. The hero is like the golden child. Does he have a cape? No, not usually. Okay. You know, not like Superman. But All right. uh, this one is the one the parents live their life for. He or she is the one that uh, makes the good grades, uh, is, is a hard worker, and, 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 and really, really does well to make that sports team. So are we talking about the child being the hero? Yes. Okay, so children. Okay, yes. the role yes. of the child. Got it. Yes. Okay. And this... The, Basically, the parents are living through the children. Ah, uh, I've known a few of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what they don't see, on the outside, uh, this, this young man or woman uh, is perceived as perfect, hardworking, positive, you know, may even have the degrees and the grades, you know. Um, but on the inside, there's fear. There's a fear of failing. Uh -huh. Over-controlled, living life through the parents, and as they grow up, they can have this uh, em uh, perception that they don't know who they are because they've always been living through their parents, ah, or the so, parents have always been living. So through this their is like the perfect child. Everybody thinks is wonderful, but on the inside, they don't feel that way. Correct. Okay. Correct. I can see where that would cause a lot of issues as they get older. And as they get older, there becomes a tendency to be a workaholic, mm. um, you know, physical illness, um, control, being a controlling person, not having much fun, being prideful or shameless. So they basically move from being perfect to their parents to being perfect to their boss. They're live precisely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. They kind of feel like they're on a pedestal all the time, so they have to be perfect all the time. So that would be a very difficult thing, I would think. Really impossible. That. Right, absolutely. Um, scapegoat is number two, and uh, scapegoat could be the black sheep of the family. <laughs> well, the scapegoat is perceived as the one that's 
always blamed for everything. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, if uh, if it's raining outside, it's that person's fault. <laughs> Maybe not that, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> they're bad. They they are perceived as impulsive and never good enough. Right. Um, and and that's kind of there's they have a low self worth. They're usually subconsciously they begin to act that out in their life. So they feel like they're not good enough for anything. Correct. Okay. And, and, and taking in that to biblical, the biblical aspect of, of this is, is they perceive that maybe they're not good enough for God. And the fact is they're not. That's sad. Yeah, because it's grace, right? Absolutely. Yeah, none of us are. True. So on the outside, they look tough, impulsive, and, and uh, Mr. Tough Guy. A lot of times they struggle with addiction and things mm -hmm. like that. But inside is hurt, rejection, uh, low self-esteem, uh, feel like a, a loser, per se. Okay. Uh, and a lot of times they're, they are pushed to get married to fix them. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the parents will put the hero mm -hmm. uh, as a, um, against the scapegoat. Mm. So you got the two children, the hero and the scapegoat. Always One fighting. is the golden child. Yeah. And the other is the scapegoat, the black sheep. Right. Ah. <laughs> So, That's tough. But a lot of the problems, they tend to have a lot of problems. Uh, addiction, uh, promiscuity, uh, maybe a chip on their shoulder. And, and in the work, work world, they tend to have a lot of jobs. Uh, they tend to wear their feelings, uh, have trouble with uh, authority. But they can learn. They can learn to be uh, business owners and if they can control the risk. They can be very successful. A lot of times they have to cut ties. Oh, with a family? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, because maybe they become successful and the family still looks at them as a scapegoat. Correct. And so I guess if you were in that situation, you would probably always feel like you're not good enough, so you would have to cut ties mm -hmm. so you could have to a better self-worth yeah, self inside, I guess. Correct. Okay, yeah. interesting. The third is the lost child. The lost child. The lost child. Okay. This child is usually... The middle child, uh, um, and not always, but usually, and this one's usually ignored and, uh, and kind of in the middle. Yeah, they kind of just are quiet, just to get along. Right. And while the hero and the scapegoat are arguing it out, and everyone else is having a field day, uh, this one's just sitting there quiet. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And so uh, this this one tends to love animals. This one tends to like material possessions. I think it's because they are able to connect with it. It's non-judgmental, animals and possessions. And they tend to, uh, in the inside, they have frozen feelings. Mm. They feel like they're not heard and they're lonely. Uh, so they're trying to fill that loneliness and that mm -hmm. emptiness with other things, mm -hmm. okay? Or other animals, like you said, okay. And the family feels that at least we don't have to worry about this kid because this kid's got it all together. Oh, that could be very dangerous, oh, yeah. I would think. Why do you think that would be dangerous? Because they don't. Right. And because they are repressing their feelings and they're unable to discuss it or express them. That is not good. It, because when you're not expressing mm -hmm. yourself and expressing your feelings, that can lead, that can lead to sickness. Yes can lead to all kind of problems, I'm sure. Correct, correct. And then there is the clown or the mascot. 
And this one is the comedian of the family. Gotcha. This one, uh, funny, hysterical, on the outside, maybe even a little bit immature. Right. But uh, inside, mm -hmm. they have a lot of pain. They hide behind pain. People like uh, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, definitely. Were these, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they usually struggle deeply with depression. Right. Uh, they they have a lot of comic relief, but in order to avoid real problems, and uh, they continue to build up pain until it just can't take it anymore. So you keep everybody laughing, mm -hmm. so you don't have to deal with the issues that are going on inside of you. Yes, and they tend to be more opt to become addicted to cocaine and uppers. Oh wow! Because it keeps them positive and happy and funny. Absolutely. So they they probably get to the point that they can't be funny anymore without those types of things, I would think. That is correct. Right. Yeah. Sad. And there's also the enabler. The enabler. The enabler. Ooh. And the enabler uh, sounds important. It does. This is the one that kind of is like the helicopter pad. Oh, no. And this is the one who comes in to make sure that they're 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 covering up everything ah. and there's not too much damage done okay they're the yeah. fix-it person they're the fixer-uppers okay but at the end of the day they too uh, have anxiety depression and they really aren't able to communicate their actual feelings well they're probably worried about what everybody else is doing and communicate what everybody else is doing so they can't really face what's going on with them and faking and making peace right yeah you know, and you have the scapegoat. The sca poor scapegoat is the one that usually is the most honest. True, but nobody really believes them because they're being the scapegoat. Right, and so the scapegoat is, goes his own way. The lost child does his thing, and the enabler does his. And you know, the hero, none of these guys have uh, an outlet, really. True. And that comes to Jesus. Absolutely, because Jesus can fix anything. And Jesus was, I think, probably all of these. You think? I really think so. Hmm. You know, I just figured that out as I was reading this. How so? I think he was the hero because he was the oldest. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was, was perfect. He had Can brothers and sisters. <laughs> Can you imagine having Jesus as a brother? Well, Jesus was perfect and he did not sin. But remember, right. it said in Luke, he had to grow in wisdom. True. That meant he had to learn, well, they didn't have shoes, like they had sandals, but he sandals. had to yeah. learn to tie his shoes. Right. And he had to learn to hold the hammer, right? Do chores. And he had to grow in that. It wasn't a sin to not know how to, right. you know, right. uh, hammer something. Uh, he was learning, <laughs> growing in wisdom, like, like, like the plan was. True, but still. Uh, so he was the hero. He was okay. the older one. He was the scapegoat. I mean, ultimately, he took the sins of the entire world on him. That's true. Um, he was the one in uh, Mark where it says that his family came in and they said, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are here. And uh, it says that they thought he was crazy. Right. And then he even went to his hometown to preach and um, they thought they didn't want to listen to him. And so he said, what prophet is wanted in his own home? That's true. That term scapegoat, mm -hmm. do you know where that comes from? From the Old Testament, but you could you go ahead yeah, and Yeah, it, it comes from the Old Testament. A lot of times people don't really know the history of scapegoat, 
Um, back in the Old Testament times, uh, Jesus, of course, had not come yet to take our sins upon him. So once a year, the high priest would basically gather up everybody's sins and he would put them on a goat. Correct. And they would say that the goat was taking on the sins of the people and they would send that goat out into the desert, basically, to die. And he was the scapegoat because he was the one that was responsible for taking on all the sins. So just thought I'd throw that little tidbit in there. Well, yeah. So we'd understand scapegoat a little bit better where it came from. Yeah, and that, and that verse that I was reading comes from Mark chapter 6, 1 through 6. Right. Yeah. That is true, and that's where the scapegoat itself comes from, and it's not a bad thing. No. None of these are really bad. These are just where, you know, what we naturally do in order to survive in our family dynamic. True. Um, lost child. So how is Jesus a representative of the lost child? The lost child? Well, he, he, um, there was times that he, he did not open his mouth. True. He, you know, uh, he wasn't a man of many words. Well, the very fact that he became lost when they went to Jerusalem that time and they had to search for him. And that's dysfunction. Yeah. So Jesus' family was pretty dysfunctional. Right, because they went how many days? A day and a half? Something like that. Something like that. And they went back and had to go back to Jerusalem to find him, and he was with the priest. How could you miss Jesus? (laughs) How could you? And then Mary comes back, where were you, son? Right, right. Uh, Did you not know I was about my father's business? True. He was shocked because she didn't realize it. Um, Yeah, And, and there's a lot of other others in the Old Testament. I mean, Adam and Eve, you have Cain and Abel, right. you have uh, Rebecca, uh, Isaac, Rebecca, mm-hmm. um, you have uh, Jacob and Esau. Um, you know, the entire Bible is made up of dysfunction. True. Well, and how is Jesus like representative of that last... The clown? The clown, yes. Or how the mascot? mascot? You know, uh, that, that I think it's quite clear. Uh, although the gospel writers were very serious as they wrote the Gospels. You can so see they did, funny things in them. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he said sons of thunder to uh, Andrew and uh, James and Andrew, right? Mm-hmm. Or James and, and J- James and John. James and John, yeah. And uh, son of thunder, that's kind of a humorous thing. Go ahead. True. Yeah. No, that that is funny. Um, when he walked on the water, Peter said, well, I want to come. He said, come on. I'm sure he probably had a smile on his face when he did that. So if you kind of read some of the scripture, some of the times Jesus was talking, you can see the humor in his words. You know, and and I think that uh, when I look in the mirror, I know God has a (laughs) sense of humor. I'm not going to touch that. You don't have to agree. You are very handsome. You don't have to agree. You are handsome. (laughs) But God is good. Any other questions that you'd like to... Uh, no, I think this was good. Um, I guess we're going to talk in our next podcast about biblically how to handle these types of things, these types yes. of uh, dysfunctional <laughs> situations in the family. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think it'll be a good thing. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And once again, we want to thank you for coming and listening to our podcast And we can't leave without reminding you that if you've never made that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please do so today. It is the most important decision that you can ever make, and we want you to have that decision. We want to see you someday in heaven. You can walk up to us and say, hey, I listened to your podcast. You know, that thief on the cross? Right. 
he did not do any anything. True. He was deserving of death. Right. And uh, on the cross, he couldn't even fold his hands. True. But he trusted Jesus, and he's with Jesus in heaven right now. So please reach out to us or reach out to someone that you know is a Christian and make that choice today if you've not already. Um, thanks so much for coming, and we'll see you next time. All righty.